The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. joining us for another episode of Mothership. We're so excited today. So guys, uh, this is Stephanoli with me. I We're always excited to have our guests, but I'm a little extra excited today just to be really honest because it is a fellow Pearl City High School class of 94 graduate. 94. This is not in her bio, but this is how I remember her. Juliet Leiter Cam was our a class president of ours. I want to say you was you were the prom queen. She was a super cool, sweet, supportive, like super involved surfer chick who was a leader and all of the things. So one of those people that you look at and you're like, how the heck does she do all that and also be cute um, and smart, <laughs> you know? So that's what I remember. But wow. uh, but seriously, to on her, she got her undergrad in public relations. She has her master's degree in corporate communications from Hawaii Pacific University. She is a former Miss Hawaii USA and is still very involved with that organization. She is a philanthropist, a marketing expert, a dog mom. I think four dogs we just we just <laughs> clarified with her. Um, and also very importantly, she's a survivor of dating violence. Um, one of the big reasons why I've admired Juliet's work has been because she uses her platform um, and that hardship, and she uses it to empower and educate Hawaii's youth about this social issue. In 2008, she created a grassroots nonprofit organization called Women Speaking Out, or WSO for short. Um, their primary goals are to raise public awareness, to teach character development, and to implement strategic preventative initiatives for students in middle school all the way through college. Um, WSO's mission is centered around prevention and we can talk about how this is so key. And um, it's really to give a voice, right, to the youth of Hawaii to speak out and to take a stand against dating violence. So for all of those reasons, girls, please help yeah. me welcome Juliet Leiter Camp right. to the episode with us. You're so happy oh, here to talk story, Juliet. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, Juliet. I'm excited to be in the presence of amazing women. It's always inspiring. Oh, I'm already feeling it. Mm -hmm. Feeling the positive <laughs> vibes over here. Welcome to Mothership. <laughs> Woo, excited. <laughs> Sorry, the Kaneohe comes out. I went to Pearl City, but you know, Brooke, I've been in <laughs> the side. So the, but I'll, I'll limit my chi wing and save that for you. <laughs> Later, oh, no worries. My husband is Windward Side all the way, so it's all good. <laughs> oh my God. So this is kind of like a mini reunion for you and uh -huh. Brooke then, since it's like a high school days and it's been so many years, but awesome. 
Yes, it's been, I, we're talking a little bit before the, just to catch up. And I was just saying like, so lucky to have someone where you haven't spoken to probably for a couple of decades, right, Juliet? And to pick up the phone and be able to just kind of like, yeah, what are you doing? And be supportive of each other. Um, yes. And kind of just vibing really out. Yeah, we so, were connecting on different levels. And, you know, Brooke yes. has always been amazing. I always remember her, the pretty girl. Oh my goodness. Brookie <laughs> <laughs> B. Um, and you were involved in student government stuff too, but you were all around and you were sports, right, Brooke? If I attempted soccer, not like uh, there's there's a That's really great. good soccer program there. I was not whenever, but yes, yes, you're a great soccer player. I know. No, 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 no. So yeah, thanks, Julia. I just if you wanted to start off, we'd love to hear just how this all started. You know, what's your how this started? What's the why behind WSO? To start there. Yeah. Yes, thank you guys again for the opportunity. You know, I think it's important for women to support women, right? I'm all, I'm all about this sisterhood and what you guys are doing with this podcast. I love how you guys are talking story and bringing real issues. So thank you again. I, I Gratitude just runs through me for what you guys are doing. So Women Speaking Out really started back in 2009. Um, I started it as a dating resource to help young women at that time to be able to navigate through abusive relationships. I'm a survivor of dating violence and my first abusive relationship started in high school and I was 16, you know, and then at the age of 17, I was brutally beaten by my high school boyfriend. You know, he left me with a fractured collarbone, two broken ribs, uh, damaged my eye socket, um, concussion, and it put me in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And at that point, you know, being 17, I, I didn't quite know what was going on. I didn't have the capacity to really process that. Obviously, I was in abusive relationships. That was the final, um, that was the final straw for me, right? Being put in the hospital and, and just realizing like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing to myself? And then having to go through the court process, taking my, my boyfriend, my high school boyfriend at that time, and, you know, it was like a six-month process. Uh, they found him not guilty. He ended up walking away scot-free, so didn't have any jail time. And, you know, for me as a young woman, now I'm 18 years old, I'm thinking, like, the system has failed me. Like, what is, like, what are we doing? Like, I just couldn't understand that I was in this abusive relationship and it got this it was this traumatic that I almost lost my life. And then this person gets to weigh, walk away without any consequences. And it was, you know, it was really one of the lowest points in my life. But fast forward, you know, I was surrounded with some really good support. Um, my dad, who was a single parent, amazing friends. And that's really what got me into pageantry. I promise you, I'm not your typical pageant girl. Please don't judge me. I have to put it out there. Um, but I really entered this way USA to get a scholarship so that I could continue. And, and, you know, living in Hawaii, obviously, especially for a single parent, it's expensive. But I knew that getting my college education was important. I knew that I had to somehow move my life forward and get past this this tragedy. Um, and I was able, I entered Miss Hawaii USA, won the pageant. And, and what I was telling Brooke earlier is that I'm grateful. Again, I'm not your typical pageant girl, but it allowed me the opportunity to have this public podium to speak about dating violence, to share my story. And in hopes that at that time I could help 
um, other young women, right? And just let them know, hey, there is a way out. There's always a way out. But I didn't quite know what that journey would look like. And fast forward, women speaking out, you know, we've evolved, we're focused on education and prevention. And our target demographic is middle school through college. So that that's what we're doing right now. Can you speak about more of the fears that kind of, I guess, create a sense of helplessness for so many? I mean, there is, uh, you've identified a lot of young women out there who don't even know that it's happening to them until it gets so bad like you, you know, in the hospital and then going to the court system before it even gets that far. Like, what are some of the warning signs and maybe even being aware of some of your insecurity insecurities that hold you back from getting help? Right, absolutely. I think, you know, definitely warning signs is isolation, right? Your abuser tries to isolate you from your friends, from your family. Then there's another the aspect of controlling what you wear, right? So isolation control are, are two of the biggest factors I feel for abusers. So controlling what you wear, controlling what you do, who you're with, what time you're coming home, who you're talking on the phone with, um, threatening, right? So threats, um, whether it's I'm going to kill you if you say anything. Um, there's also guilt, right? I remember my abuser constantly making me feel guilty, like, oh, if you love me, you would do this. Or if you love me, you wouldn't do that. You know, if you love me, blah, blah, blah. And, and as a young woman, right, imagine yourself at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Again, you don't have the capacity nor the words to express that, hey, I'm, I'm, you obviously know it's wrong in your gut, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in an unhealthy relationship, but I don't know how to navigate out of it. And obviously at that time I wasn't confident, you know, I'm still, I was still searching for my self-worth and this relationship at the time was, was providing that for me, though it was the wrong kind of love. It was the wrong kind of attention. Um, I thought it was love. Right. And, and I think that's why it's so important. What we're doing now with women speaking out is we also educate young women and men. Now we've expanded our programs that there's different types of abuse, right? So you have your obvious physical abuse, mental, verbal, which is all the name calling, um, the yelling, the threats, uh, there's financial abuse. Now that has become something that is quite prevalent now, even with young adults going into, you know, obviously married relationships. But I was telling Brooke earlier too that it's hard, right? The verbal and the mental abuse can, and emotional abuse is the most difficult because it's hard to prove, but it's what is the most damaging to any young woman or any young man because it's a constant of someone telling you you're not worthy enough. No one's going to love you. You're ugly. Um, no one else is going to want to be with you. I mean, it's a constant. And, you know, I thought at that point in high school that I was a strong, confident young woman. But after a while, I started to believe those things. And I still, even in my 40s now, I still struggle with the, the sense of unworthiness. I still struggle with uh, feeling that um, I'm not confident and articulate, though my resume and other people, family and friends that know me will say, no, but you've done all these things, but it's it's this deep-seated um, damage that I'm still trying to work through that you just quite never get past.
That is really eye-opening. Um, and kudos to you for uh, identifying it. Was there somebody that intervened to help you be aware you know, of what I, was happening? Right. I had, it's funny because when you're in it, it's hard for you to listen to family and friends, right? They can tell you, we love you. You're in an unhealthy relationship. You're being abused. You need to get out. I think for me, and I'm, and I'm personally speaking for myself, it was that last beating that really, it put everything into perspective because I looked I was in the hospital and I remember getting up to use the restroom and I looked in the mirror and I just thought I, I couldn't even recognize myself besides the bruising and the swelling. Even as a woman, I, as a young woman, I didn't recognize who I was anymore. It was like, I lost Juliet. I lost who I was and, and, and all the values and, and, you know, the way that my dad had raised me. And so that was, that was a turning point. That was pivotal for me is it was looking, I, I, thinking about it is looking in that mirror and going, okay, so what now? Like, where do you go from here? Cause you know, you could have gone, there's two roads. It's either you give up or you find a way to move forward. And, and I realized that I, I want to live, like, I want to live. I want to be able to pursue college. I want to be able to pursue my dreams. And then the healing process started from that point. So would you say then that you gained the courage all on your own or how did you find that strength? I think it was family and friends, absolutely. And I think just getting back into school, getting involved in different activities. I was going to a youth Bible study group at that time. I found a support group. So that really helped to, to shift my mindset. And, and really it was building my confidence to be around people, to have that confidence to talk to people. Um, and then obviously, you know, I had a mentor that was like, hey, you know, you should get into or you should do this pageant. And I think that pageant journey, um, a lot of people think it's it's all about what's on the outside. Um, and I can say honestly, because in the last five years, I was coaching young women um, for Miss Hawaii USA. And I was telling Brooke earlier, it's it's working from the inside out, right? It doesn't matter what's on the outside. It matters what you have in here. And that mentor at that time really taught me that you're going through this pageant, but your 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 why and your goal is bigger than than just winning a pageant or winning a crown. It's it's gaining your self back of who you are, just to be a woman again and to be able to get up on stage and talk in front of people and work on your and do self care and and so it, it was a really that was a healing process for me and and I wasn't expecting to win. I mean, I worked really hard. I was in the gym. I was eating healthy. I was learning how to walk because I was this tomboy. I had the worst walk. Um, obviously, being <laughs> raised by a dad, oh, Lord. If you look up the high school pictures, you guys, it's blonde, bleach hair, uh, braces. Oh, I was a mess. But but that that pageant journey really taught me a lot about myself. And I felt like it, it gave me a kickstart to being confident again as a young woman. Not that it having the crown defined me because it, it absolutely didn't, but it just gave me a kickstart. It just shows the importance um, of a support yeah. system, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to help help people, mm -hmm. you know, get out of that and, you know, to know just to speak out about it or to even reach out. I mean, don't stay in isolation and, you know, uh, be in misery by yourself. I mean, the fact that you were able to find that outlet and even better, a program such as the pageant to just, you know, build you up and transform you into who you are today. That is really amazing. 
totally. Yeah, and, and, and go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, Julie. Yeah. Um, just jumping on the that uh, theme of support. Um, I. It sounds like you're you're you were close with your dad. Was it hard to? Um, did he see signs? I know you you lived with your dad. You said um, or. Did he have you know any idea? And as a as a as parents, like how how can we be better about that with our children to help? You know what that that's such a, a great question. Um, looking back at my abuse, my dad absolutely knew what was going on, and I feel like as parents, you guys are moms, like you you're gonna have that gut feeling. Like my child is not happy; they're in a unhealthy relationship or, or, or a really bad situation. And my dad knew and we would have multiple conversations, but I think the dynamics of a father-daughter too, that was hard because I wasn't able to express my feelings. And honestly, I, I was so worried for my dad because my abuser at the time would constantly tell me, you say anything, I'm going to kill your dad. And, you know, at that time, maybe... I wasn't realistic, but when I was in it, I really believed that he was crazy enough. I mean, obviously if he's being physical with me that he's capable of hurting my family or my dad. And I just, I, I carried this, um, this guilt and the shame. And I think that's a, that's a big thing for a lot of young women and men who go through abusive relationships. I feel like we're shamed twice, right? We're shamed one for being abused. And then we're shamed again, back then looking back 20 years for coming out and talking about it. Because even when I tried to talk to other adults um, at school or counselors, it was like I wasn't I wasn't um, welcome with uh, care. It was like, are you sure? It was it was a lot of like questioning. Are you sure you're being abused? Because I don't see any physical signs. Yes, obviously at that point they're not. So I think again, looking back, why women speaking out is so important is. If organizations like this existed 20 years ago that focused on education and prevention, I feel like we could have saved a lot of lives, like a lot of young women, a lot of men, and maybe stop those behaviors and, and really empowering them to make better choices, right? Not only in your intimate relationships, but in your friendships, because abuse can happen in, in different layers. But from a parental perspective, I think it's important that parents are constantly having dialogue with their children, right? Especially starting in middle school. Like we are seeing this trend because of social media and all these things that kids are dating at an earlier age. Um, they're becoming sexually active. They know more because of the web and social media and all these things. So I really believe it's important for parents to have constant dialogue. And it doesn't need to be about serious topics, but hey, how are you doing? Like, hey, I just want you to know, like, you know, it, you, you can come to me, you can talk to me about anything. If there's something you feel uncomfortable with, I just want you to know you're, I'm here. And I think kids need to hear that. Like, I'm here for you because they are scared. And, and, and maybe, and we found studies that honestly, 60% of students in middle school through high school, they don't reveal to their parents that they're in abusive relationships. Most of the time they'll go to a counselor, a trusted adult, but it's so important for uh, parents to be involved. I also wanna go as far as saying, because I work with students, parents need to be in control of their, um, their kids' social media. Checking it, who are they messaging? What accounts are they following? constantly checking and because what students are doing now and kids are doing is they're creating fake accounts too right i mean that's become a trend i'm sure you guys have heard of it 
and parents are seeing that. So it's, it's, but if you're constantly in just a, a loving dialogue with your child, that's the best thing you can do. At the end of the day, unfortunately, we can't control. We can't be with them 24-7, but that constant dialogue, controlling their social media, knowing who their friends are, knowing who their friends' parents are, huge. So doing your homework, right? And, I, and I'm sure, you know, most parents know that, but you'd be surprised that parents don't do that. A lot of parents don't do it. So just being active in your kids or your child's life is super important. Gosh, I think what, what I wanted you to focus also more, Julia, which I think is so key is that preventative approach, because I know that there are a lot of really important, uh, good organizations that are out, out there to help, right? Uh, reactive, right? To help at when something happens. So can you speak to that on how important it is to stay upstream of trying to prevent, trying to educate and get upstream of it even happening? Absolutely. Like for us, prevention is key, right? Our mission is to give a voice to the youth of Hawaii by empowering them with education, innovative action, and opportunities to speak out against dating violence. So I think what we try to do through our different educational programs is one, we provide a safe space, a safe space for students to be able to talk about issues and not just necessarily dating violence, but bullying, uh, sexual assault, different things, um, because it all kind of ties hand in hand, right? What we're finding when we're since we've been working with students. Um, in addition to our educational programs, we're constantly touching upon topics such as DV 101. What does an abusive relationship look like? What are signs? Uh, what are ways to prevent yourself from being in an abusive relationship or how to get out? Um, giving them other um, avenues or other ways of dealing if they're in an abusive relationship. So we try to cover a multitude of topics. For example, we just did a virtual conference in October for National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we focused on the topic of gaslighting. I'm sure you guys have gaslighting has become a big thing. And it it really blew me away because I've been gaslighted like all these years and I didn't even know that there was a term for it. But we try to do topics like that that are relevant. You, for the people that don't yeah, know what gaslighting is, can I'm you not explain? Hip, sorry. Gaslighting, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, so gaslighting, it, it, it's, it's like a manipulation tactic that abusers can use so it's not just in an intimate relationship it also can be used by family members and by friends pretty much to coerce you to do what they want you to do so for example um a lot of it could be like if i'm if i'm talking to you steph and i'm saying hey you know when you when you do this when you raise your voice it really makes me feel uncomfortable and and it hurts my feelings you if you were gaslighting me would come back and say um um, I don't think, I don't think, I think you're being crazy. I don't think you know what you're talking about. So it's a tactic of making that person feel that they're crazy, that they're not doing anything wrong, but they're the crazy ones. And, and, and what is happening to them, to them, excuse me, is you're imagining it. So it, it's, it's like a manipulation tactic. Mind That's probably the Yeah, it's like, it is, it's like mind games, right? But when you think about it, Asian culture, right? We're, we're all part Asian. Our parents did it to us, right? Asian guilt, my mom all the time, like, what? You're not going to spend time with your family. You know, you know, I'm getting old, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not doing that well, my health. 
that's gaslighting. So we've all kind of gone through it. And now we can look back and go, it's funny, but it's a topic that we were seeing throughout TikTok and on social media, but we presented it, we presented it in a way to the students that in relation to being in an intimate relationship, this is what gaslighting looks like. This is how to spot it. And this is ways of combating it. So if someone is coming at you and saying certain things, we're giving them phrases like, okay, if they're saying this, then you're going to come back and say this. So we try to make it simple and easy because again, they're students, right? Um, even at this age, even if they have social media, they still are finding ways to express themselves. And especially if they're going through abuse or sexual assault or whatever it is, sometimes they're, they're it's still hard for them to express that because trust or whatever it is, right? Depending on their family background or ethnicity. I mean, there's so many things that uh, you can factor in, but yeah, so gaslighting was one of the topics that we focused on as far as our preventative techniques. You know, we cover, um, you know, domestic violence often, unfortunately, in the news, and it's it's been heightened, I guess, by the pandemic and, you know, because people are, we're staying at home. Uh, now things are changing and, you know, restrictions are easing. So people are more out and about. However, you know, I wanted to know if you think this is caused by a bigger problem in society. Why has this gone on for so long? And and does it seem to be worse um, not to point fingers at the particular gender, but like men and maybe by how they're being raised or not getting enough love or the proper care at home? And is this like a vicious cycle? I mean, is this highlighting a bigger problem, you know, where, where the prevention needs to occur, you know, elsewhere before it reaches the child, if you know what I mean? <laughs> Right, right. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I I believe it's cultural, right? It media plays into it. Um, now social media that we've seen, um, your your ethnicity, right? Again, Asian culture, uh, Polynesian culture, uh, Micronesian culture. Um, women are our second class citizens. Like they are just there to reproduce. It's not about having goals. It's not about being an independent woman. Like they're not raised that way. And unfortunately, it, it's sad. And and you know, I just did an event uh, earlier this year. We did a cocktails for a cause event, and I was talking to about forty business women, um, women in the community, and really pitching and letting them know what WSO is doing. And I was saying it's we have to have a cultural shift. That's so important. And, and that's why um, I wanted our target demographic to be middle school through college, because yes, even at middle school, they're already coming to us with set values, right? Based on uh, their family values, the way they were raised, again, their ethnicities, they're exposed to social media, they're exposed to media um, in general. And but we're all we can do at this point is we're just trying to correct and shift their mindset, right? Um, mm -hmm. For example, we we did a, a middle school presentation at Central Middle School, and it's ninety five percent Micronesian. And we went in there, and I brought in a couple of my high school leaders, and we talked about uh, empowerment, uh, self love, and what a healthy relationship looks like. And so we did an icebreaker, and I said, "Hey, girls, you know what? Tell me what is one thing that you love about yourself." Just tell me one thing. These girls couldn't name one thing that they loved about themselves. 
I was shocked and it was, and I, I was taken back as an adult and I thought no one's ever probably asked them that, like, what do you love about yourself? And, and so we, you know, my high school students were so good. They were loving, you know, they were trained on, on how to, you know, get the students to talk. And it took them like five minutes. And I said, do you love your hair? Do you love the color of your eyes? And, you know, again, that, that makes me sad, but that's cultural, right? In the Micronesian culture, women aren't even taught that. They, I mean, it, it doesn't even um, exist that they should have goals or that they should be more than just a mother. So that was interesting for me as a leader and having this nonprofit, like we really have to change cultural norms. And even if we're starting at middle school, at least we're starting somewhere. And I think that's that's where it starts, right? And that's where the prevention comes in and that's where education is key. And, you know, there's so many amazing nonprofits. Uh, DVAC is huge in Hawaii, right? They've paved the way. Nancy Creedman is a warrior and she's done so much. For women speaking out, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. We're, we're just trying to prevent and break the cycle and have these students be empowered to know what a healthy relationship is. In addition, uh, we're going to be launching a new program in February next year called Our Future is Bright Summit. And it's a 12-week educational series, but we're teaching life skills. So financial literacy, how to write a resume, how to interview for a job, mental health, self-care, beauty. I mean, we we really, you name it, I mean, we're, we're covering it. And it's a completely free program open to high school students across the state. But what we found is if we can equip these students with life skills, they're going to make better decisions and they're going to be in better relationships. So that's our goal. So there's so many moving parts, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, we have to start somewhere. So we're starting at middle school. Juliet, how many other programs uh, or nonprofits are similar to yours with a similar mission out there in Hawaii that are just as active as you are that have similar programs with the youth? You know what, Steph, I want to say, I know DVAC has like a teen alert program, and then I believe we're the only other ones, but we are the only nonprofit group focused on solely focused on prevention. Like I said, DVAC, they do an amazing job. They're an umbrella agency. Uh, they are reactive. They help women with and men with TROs to be able to navigate through the legal system, childcare. So they, they do it. They're like a one-stop shop. For us, we found that our niche is, is simply prevention and education. And we want to be, and our goal is to be that number one teen dating resource in Hawaii. Yeah, and that's the reason why I asked, because I feel like this is such a much needed resource. I mean, there isn't enough of you and your programs, and I feel like we need more of this, you know, you know, teaching our youth and, and, and preventing, um, you know, domestic violence from happening in the first place. But I feel like it's a huge war and not to the use war, war, war but it is a big battle out there. I mean, we're, you talk about social media and already that's such an easy way for anybody to get bullied these days or be manipulated. Um, you know, back in the old days, you would have to do it face to face. You know, nowadays yes. you can just do it through social media. So I just feel like, man, we, we need more of these types of programs in place just to, uh, help our youth be more healthy and more well-rounded. And, and I also like how you teach them what a healthy relationship looks like because, unfortunately, sometimes kids aren't able to see what a healthy relationship is supposed to be like. 
Absolutely. And I, I think too, you know, touching upon um, what you said, you know, 10, 20 years ago, or when I started the organization in 2009, we got a lot of pushback because it was like, mm. who are you? What are you, what are you talking about? Prevention, education, because if you guys think about it, dating, it was taboo to talk about domestic mm. violence. You, you don't talk about that. You don't, you don't share. Even when I came out, some of my, my family members were like, why are you talking about that? It's so embarrassing. It's shameful for our family. And I just, again, right, it's that being shamed twice, shame for being an, a, a, an abused person, an abused woman, and then shame for coming out. And now I'm grateful to social media and the Me Too movement that really shifted and really inspired me um, as a survivor, um, now as a nonprofit leader that, you know what, now we have this media, so social media is good and bad, right? But it, now we have this, this large platform that survivors can come out and be anonymous and talk about what they've been through, um, what they're going through, and they have this huge support network. So you had mentioned that earlier, Steph, right, about having this um, huge support network. And, and that's, we try to use our social media for that in the most positive way. Like when we post things, we're not posting about, um, women being beaten. We're not, we're not reposting videos that show violence. We're, we're, we're literally posting education and creating awareness that that's our thing for WSO. So I wanted to touch upon that because I remember when women speaking out came out, it was like, we got a lot of pushback. Like, yeah, mm. I mean, and I think still to this day, there's still a little bit, I mean, I think there yeah. is some, some level of degree of that out there where people are like, Oh no, no, everything's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a Hawaii thing, too, where you're like, oh, no, it's all good. But like, oh, you know, their so right. gut is probably telling them, too, but they're kind of scared to reach out. So it's really good that you are there for them and you present them with this. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, like, um, wouldn't it be great, girls, if like um, somehow the DOE kind of infused, like, you know how we have guidance or counseling classes or so the dare the dare program right yeah something like that like why is it not in, can it be infused in the school as part of a curriculum. is that the pushback here is there pushback there or is that a possibility oh no Lee I'm gonna put you on the board you are so right I mean that's the whole thing, right and, you know as we started like I four or five years ago we really started getting traction for what we're doing because we're doing these preventative events and it's so hard to get into the DOE. All, everything we do, all the resources we provide for these students are free. I, I literally just want to mm. give it to everybody, but there's so much um, red tape, and mm. I hate to say that. But what's been helpful and what we have had to navigate and what we've had to do is we go into the schools and we make personal connections. So, for example, I have an amazing vice president on my board, uh, Teresa Schubert. She's been an educator for over 25 years. She's currently the student activities coordinator at Farrington High School. She's been the heartbeat for WSO, and she's been able to connect us with all the different high schools within the DOE. And, and that's what it has to come down. It's it's a grassroots campaign. It, it is a struggle. And Steph, like you said, it's it's war because I'm literally in the schools every week talking, meeting counselors, meeting, and this is over the last couple of years. But um now I'm grateful, you know, like I said, we've we've been able to prove ourselves as a smaller nonprofit organization because we're constantly out in the community. We're in the schools, but it was no help from the DOE. And, and, and I think that this would be an amazing program. I think every single student, right, Noli, should go through 
like we go through DARE, we go through sex ed, they should go through Even a, PE, like that kind of stuff. I mean, it's more valuable than... Exactly. I mean, we go through drown proofing classes. Remember those? We go through... Yes. Like just stuff. It's like one of those foundational things that no one is... that It's important and critical, right? It's more than critical. the quadratic formula that we're, no one's going to remember what that is right. later. What's that? I mean, I, I just feel like these days now more than ever, I feel like we need those programs to help us be more mentally strong, you know, not just physically strong, but mentally strong with so many things out there today. I yeah, just feel like we media. just need more programs yeah. to make you a better right. you and a positive you. I mean, we need we need Stronger some of that you. back into the school system. But and I feel for you for your, um, you know, the uphill battle that you're facing, Juliet, I can understand. And I know that funding probably is a big thing, too, in an obstacle, I guess you could call it a huge Big obstacle, obstacle, right? <laughs> yes, you know, and I consider, you know, I was, you know, there's been days, especially this year when, when the pandemic hit and everything shifted, right? We all were affected in different ways, but the groups that were hit the hardest, honestly, small businesses, small nonprofits like WSO and our students. And people don't realize that because there's so much chaos and so much going on in the world. Um, but yes, funding continues to be an obstacle. But, you know, I really, truly believe that if you're doing the right thing, your intention is right and your why is there. And, you know, in Hawaii, it's it's like a old boys network. We had to prove ourselves. That's what it is, this culture and, and Hawaii. It's like once you start doing good and you're getting that traction, then more people jump on board. Like, OK, I see what you're doing. And I, I think that's. I want to test and say I have an amazing team, an amazing board. None of us are getting paid. It's all for love. It's all for the love we have for the students and our commitment to just really helping and being that resource for them. Um, and we and we try to do events uh, that are innovative. I obviously you guys I consider myself still young, thirty one. I'm gonna put it out there, but <laughs> but you know we we try to do really cool events like uh, cocktails for a cause. It's an all female event, and uh, this year we did a bowling tournament. Uh, let's roll. And it turned out to be such an amazing event. So we had company purchase teams. They had to come dressed in a theme, um, but they were, they were bowling for a cause. They were bowling for something good. And, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're not trying to compete with the other big nonprofits because every cause is worthy. That's what I realized. Like, obviously I have animals. I, I support animal organizations, uh, you know, make a wish. All these non, all these different nonprofits are worthy. What we're trying to do is we're just trying to find our niche and stand out. And uh, another big thing for us is we're really aggressively trying to go after grants. But, you know, again, it's hard. COVID shifted a lot of that, but we're, we're staying hopeful. We're staying hopeful. So um, going into 2022 with a, like you said, a different mindset, a stronger mindset. And, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that, I would like to ask for money. I'm really the hands-on. I'm all about doing the education and working with the students. But even as a nonprofit leader and because of the COVID and the pandemic, I've had to shift and wear all these different hats. Now I'm going out there, I'm pitching. I'm, I'm a part of fund development. I'm doing community and stakeholders. So it's as much as it's been growth and um, for our students and how we had to run our events, it's been a lot of growth for me as a leader. So, and it's, I'm learning every day, every day. Do you need help? Oh, always, always. That's volunteering. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how, how can people I, help? I, yeah. I'm, how can we help? You know, I'm you're adding all of these things to the board. <laughs> you know, for for us, you know, we're we're like I said, our educational programs are going are growing in a big way. We have our Futures Break coming up. We also do an annual Speak Love conference that's um, every October for National Domestic Violence Month. We're adding a college event now um, called our Speak Up Rally, and it's specifically going to focus on dating violence. So we're always looking for mentors, especially for our high school students. Um, and speakers. So all of you can come and be speakers. Um, what do you have to be to be a mentor? Well, obviously we do a background check because yes, you're working with students. Um, and then we do an interview process with our board, but really, you know, it's it's just finding out like what is your niche. So for example, our future is bright, it's 12 different workshops. The students, so what we did last year and this year is I did we did about eight to 10 focus groups, like 30 to 40 students in, in each group. And we asked them, what do you guys want to learn? What do you need and how we can support you? Because I feel it's it's about the student voice. And they came back to us and gave us like 40 or 50 topics about what they want to learn about, which is why we are launching our Futures Bright Summit. And they also said, we want to be exposed to people in different careers. So for example, Steph, you're in media. A lot of students are interested in learning about media. So it'd be good to talk with someone like you where you can actually share the real because it's not just glamour, right? There's a lot of hard work that goes into it and, and long hours and same thing for like Brooke, insurance or Noli, you are in a different field. So these students want to actually meet professionals and that's where you amazing women could come in and actually talk to them and say, hey, if this is something you want to get into, absolutely. Here are the steps that you need to take in order to get on that path. Is it womenspeakingout.com? Yeah, it's uh, uh, women, WSOHawaii.org, WSOHawaii.org. And anyone interested in um, contributing because it's a worthy cause, they can also Absolutely. go there. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. there's a fundraising tab. Mm -hmm. And I heard you mention too, Juliet, besides like uh, women and uh, any other adult mentors, you mentioned high school mentors too, or high school coach. What is, so if you have high school kids, is there anyone, if there's anyone interested in also doing that because I think that's huge and that's where the ripple effect really happens right is when you have yes. kids teaching other kids and that's exponentially great but if there's anyone in high school is there a way they can get involved too totally thank you so much for bringing that up so during COVID earlier this year we launched our speak out squad and it's a high school advocacy club made up of high school students from across the state. So right now we have about 25 leaders from different schools, Farrington, uh, Campbell, Kamehameha, Damien, Waipahu. And what these students go out is obviously they have hearts to serve and give back to the community, but we also train them to do presentations, to go into the middle schools and teach on empowerment, self-love and healthy relationships. Because um, what we found is, and we, we kind of launched a pilot program over the summer and we, you know, I took in a couple of my high school students and uh, we found that the middle school students relate obviously better to the high school students. They're younger. Um, they can answer questions as they're transitioning into high school. And I just thought, you know, it's a it's a win-win for WSO because one, we're teaching the high school students to be leaders and they're being able to give back to a younger generation. So um, that's something we're super proud of. And we launched it in June of this year and it's it's really taken off and um, 
yeah, so we're super excited. So if there's high school students out there, they want to join this club. We, we do a lot of fun things, but we also have that element of going back into the middle schools and educating and they're being role models for the middle school students. So it's really cool to see. And so um, schools or if teachers are listening right now and they're interested yes. after hearing about the program, they just go on your website too and, and shoot yes. you an email? Absolutely. They can fill out a form and we'll get them connected. And, you know, it, it's funny because we launched this program I'm like, oh, I don't know how it's going to do. Is it going to work? And um, it's it's taken off. And in the last two months, I've gotten calls from multiple schools. Gotta love Hawaii, right? Coconut Wireless, word of mouth. It's getting out there and they're like, hey, we heard that you went to um, St. Anne's school. We want you to come to our school. So that's been such a blessing. For us, and, and again, it's a new program we're continuing to grow. So yes, educators, counselors, if you are at a middle school, we'd love to come and work with your students. So please visit us at wsohawaii.org. Awesome. We need to clone Juliet, guys. We need to uh, find a <laughs> we scientist. We need a thousand of her. Yeah, to get yeah. her DNA and uh, get to work. Yes. <laughs> amazing work and uh, amazing things you're doing for the youth and our community, you know, in the long run. Thank you for doing, I mean, you're a workhorse and you're doing something great for this world and this community. So thank you so much. You oh, keep at it and I'm glad we can, guys. thank you for talking so with us. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me like share my story and my heart. Again, I was a little nervous girls. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're miss <laughs> mothership. I am so, like I said, I was like nervous, but I didn't want to keep texting Brooke and, you know, Kristen Chong was on here and she's a oh, good friend of mine yeah, too. Yeah. I love her. And I was just telling Brooke, she's going to be coming on to our WSO board next year. Yeah, so yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So she sent me and I was like, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> also, you need to get on that podcast. But you're, um, <laughs> you're friends with Angela too, right? Uh, Angela. Brocco. Brocco? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. She was, she was, she was with us. She's so awesome too. Mm-hmm. Love her. So she, I just got to see her a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. She came over to my house and we had lunch and and she's definitely one in the pipeline that I want to bring down in the future. You know, she's so, you got to love her though. She She's one of the most articulate and confident people that I know, but she is a true local girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Love it. Lost that. I, I, true, she's yes. my old classmate. So um, no. we started out kind of rapping in the beginning. <laughs> I love I about our small classmate. kid times. I yeah. love yeah, she's she's amazing and, and so are you Juliet you guys are yeah. all amazing and it, it's really cool that you know you guys have this tight network too and it's just this strong manawahine feeling that you guys all generate amongst yourselves so maybe you got to hold a workshop about that because I'm sure a lot of women want to oh, learn I, that too <laughs> yes yes I'm signing you guys all up to come and teach so yes oh. please that would be amazing that would be amazing. <laughs> You know what? We feel so empowered already, and that's why I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. If you have a, an inspirational quote that you would like to share with us, oh wow! I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm in a pageant. Oh my gosh, Stephanie! Oh my gosh! Don't do this to me, but oh, bro, you, know, you didn't tell her. I did tell her. Brookie, <laughs> so you didn't tell me this, yeah, Brookie girl. I'm like, I wouldn't come like prepared. No, I, I, I just went into Farrington earlier this week to speak and. I had shared with the students. Oh, this is uh, Baby Keegan. Our Hi, little- Baby Keegan. He's Keegan. giving the thumbs up, everybody. Uh, oh, look. He's, oh, there he is. Hey, we can see his little Zoom, uh, his head on Zoom. Hi. He's yes. trying to jump up. Hi. So we were, um, 
losing his teeth. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> Um, but we were, I was sharing with the students, I think the most important thing, and I wish someone had told me this a long time ago, is never forget your worth, you know, and, and your story is your story to share. And that is the most powerful thing that you have, because we're all going to come from different backgrounds, uh, different families, right, different like, like ethnic backgrounds, uh, financial backgrounds, whatever it is, but always like know your worth, because your story is the most powerful tool that you have. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Bling bling. So know your worth. Shine shine. Sparkle sparkle. Don't hold Ooh. back. <laughs> no, it's also good. And so, Juliet, I just want to say like thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so so grateful that you got to spend time with us and you you agreed to sit with us. Um, what you're doing in terms of just validating. Um, it's a validation for everyone, right? It's just letting people be heard and that it's what Absolutely. their experience is, is, is validated. And also just normalizing, being able to talk, just talk about it. Just that alone is, is shifting, right? The, that's how you shift the culture is just being yes. able to speak it out loud. So I have always um, look up, looked up to you. I still do. I am for so many reasons, but um, yeah, hope to, let us know how we can support. And I'm just grateful you got to share what all this great work you're doing. So keep doing it. Keep shining. Um, keep in touch too. We got to go get some drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing cocktails in January. And 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 thank you again, uh, Rookie, Noli, and Steph. Like it's, it's such, I'm so humbled. You know, anytime I can share uh, the mission of WSO and what we're doing and to get more support and help for these students, like, I'm, I'm, I'm always super humble. So thank you guys. And I, I'm a big fan. So um, can't wait for the next podcast coming out for this. So thank you for your time and just, just the support. I'm very, I'm very humbled. It's been such a delight talking with you, Juliet. And, you know, just as a parent, and I'm sure that all the listeners will agree, it is so comforting, you know, to hear that there is a superhero like you out in the community taking care of our youth and our future and, and making sure that they're all right. I mean, just the fact that you're doing that is just so amazing. And you're doing it for free from the bottom of your heart. So you're just such a good role model too. So we can all take away, you know, something from that, your example as well, what you're doing out in the community. Thank you so much. And I hope that all the listeners out there, if you're if you're feeling connected and you want to help out too, and you want to, you know, share in the same mission, get in touch with Juliet. If you can remind us again of the, of the website. Yes, it's wsohawaii.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for volunteers, for student volunteers. So please reach out. And Juliet, what is your handle on, on for social media? Oh, yes, it's at WSO Hawaii. And, and just if I can do one last plug, uh, we are going to be running a social media campaign. So you can sponsor a student for $50 or you can sponsor two students for $100 to go through the Future is Bright program that we're launching on February 5th at Hawaii Pacific University. So please look out for that and, and, and sponsor a student, you know. Wow, I feel like there's so much going yes. on. We're going to have to like check out the website and we'll probably linger because there's a lot yeah. coming up. Got to mark your calendars for that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. And thank you know what? You. Yeah, thank you so much, Juliet. And thanks for all the listeners out there for hanging out with us on Mothership. We'll see you next week, you guys. Until then, take care and aloha. Yes, we're going to break up and down.